I'm Evan Knappen, and welcome to Gun Lawyer. So, today we have a very special guest in the studio, and that is somebody who I am really, really excited to have been able to help. And together, uh, our guest, whose name is Ira Levin, we defeated Biden. That is correct. We defeated Biden. And that's because uh, Joe Biden uh, put forward an arbitrary policy that uh, is was not something done by the legislature, but something done by fiat. And it created a situation in which top gun dealers, range operators, etc., became vulnerable to being uh, destroyed, having their businesses utterly destroyed based on this arbitrary rule. We're going to get into it and how we fought it and how this made a, it made a huge difference uh, and how, uh, you know, despite the efforts of the Biden administration, there are elements in the law that have been put there to protect us, and in fact, in this case, that's exactly what happened. So I uh, want to first mention our uh, show's uh, sponsor, ANGRPC, which is the Association of Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs. They are a great organization that defends our gun rights in New Jersey, and uh, I would encourage everyone to be a member of the association it's the uh, state affiliate of the NRA. It's the umbrella organization of gun clubs in New Jersey. And they have a full-time lobbyist down in Trenton. And they, are, they never sleep, let me tell you. But let me introduce to you uh, Ira. Ira, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for having me, Evan. I appreciate it. Now, Ira, I, I first of all would like our listeners to know about you. You're a veteran, first of all, correct? That's correct. I was in the Air Force for just over five years. And then um, at a certain point, you became um, involved in the firearms uh, business. How did that come about? Uh, if you remember back, New Jersey passed a law that said that you could only purchase one handgun every 30 days. And the when that law passed or when the legislation passed, I said to my wife, I said, this is the most ridiculous legislation if they think this is going to stop gun crime. No one's buying a gun legally and then selling it to somebody on the side so they can go and commit crimes. A person gets caught. Where's the gun come from? They go back to the buyer and say, where's your gun? How many Wait times a minute. can you do Wait that? Wait a minute. Ira, you mean to tell me that people don't go through the entire New Jersey permitting process so they can get guns papered to themselves so they can then sell them on the street? Really? Yes. Right. I mean, that, so, tell me, that's amazing. So I said to my wife, I should get my license and help people buy guns legally as cheap as possible. And she said, you know what, why don't you do it? So I applied. I started doing FFL transfers out of my home. And eventually I became so busy that I had to move into a little shop. And I've since grown that to a multi-million dollar business. And that's great. And what's the name of your shop for those Legend, who may not know? Yeah, Legend Firearms. I'm located where, in Monroe, Monroe, New Jersey, inside the Union Hill Gun Club. Ah, okay. 
And there uh, is also where there's firearm training and um, a range facility, right? Right. We have um, – it's a 24-hour facility. It's a mm-hmm. private club. It's very reasonably priced. Uh, we also have a, a training group on site, ROC training run by Rocco LaRocca. So he does all the training, him and his people. And, we, you know, obviously they're very busy right now with uh, concealed carry classes. Right. And New Jersey, of course, is a challenging environment to be involved with firearms, probably the most challenging. And yet your problem that you ended up having was not with New Jersey. Isn't that so? That's correct. I, my, my issue was with the ATF. I have never had an issue with the state of New Jersey. Now, tell me, when you're a gun dealer, ATF has certain uh, job to do when it comes to licensees, and that, I guess, is involves doing various inspections and such. And you've had inspections through the years, correct? Yes, I've had a number of inspections since 2009 when I first started my business. Right. And you uh, had, how would you have characterized your relationship with the ATF? Um, excellent. I always had a great relationship. I still have a good relationship with the people who inspected me. Right. And in fact, you're, you were rather shocked, I, I'm sure, when you were notified that they intended to revoke your FFL. Isn't that so? <laughs> Uh, yes. I, I mean, I remember the day very clearly. And I got a call from my daughter who runs the shop along with me and says, Daddy, someone from the ATF is here and they just dropped off a letter to you. And she started to read it to me. And when she got to revocation, I said, stop. I'm on my way into the store. I was in disbelief. And it ended up that the heart of their problem was... Um, claim that that you had conducted what what was the the heart of their issue i had willfully flouted the law i believe is the right word um that i i had willfully done transactions that were outside of the scope of um the legal definition that they provide which is you know you come in to do your paperwork you have to pick up the firearm within 30 days provided that you're approved by your during your next check and so, three, right. Go ahead. So, no, I was going to say. So, three persons they claimed you did not perform NICS checks on, Correct. but in fact, you did perform NICS checks, didn't you? We did perform NICS checks, absolutely. And, we always and they all do. passed the NICS checks that you performed. Correct. Yes, absolutely. So, so the problem was what then? How can you? How could they say you didn't do a NICS check when in fact you did NICS checks and all these people passed their NICS check? Well, I, you know, I don't know specifically what the law says, but I can tell you that ATF says if someone fills out a 4473, regardless of how, which is the form you fill out when you purchase a firearm, uh, regardless of how long the, the, the background check or the NICS check takes, that person has to pick up that firearm within 30 days or that form is dead. If they pick up the gun on the 31st day or the 35th day, and you use that same form, they consider it a transfer without a NICS check. So anything over 30 days, ATF takes a view that you need to do another NICS check. Now, this other NICS check, 
that ATF wants you to do is no different than the NICS check that you performed originally, right? Same NICS check. That's correct. It's the right? same NICS check. And given the that really it's simply a matter of an arbitrary period of time that ATF has chosen to say, oh, well, after 30 days, uh, you have to do another one, right? That's correct. That's and right. And go ahead. You know, what surprises me most is something I actually learned from you during a conversation with ATF was that in mm -hmm. states, which ATF maintains New Jersey is not one of, in states where you have a concealed carry permit, you need a NICS check once every five years. Correct. That's called the Brady uh, exemption. And the ATF, they put out a list of states that have licenses that they are willing to say uh, make it so that if it meets their criteria that they establish, you don't need to get a NICS check. And one of the criteria of their license requirements is that a license cannot be valid for over five years. So with all these states that have the NICS exempt licenses, you could have a license where you haven't undergone a background check for literally um, four years and 364 days. You haven't had a background check. And you could sell a firearm with no NICS check at all to that individual who all those years has not had any background check. And ATF is perfectly fine with that because the law actually permits that, correct? It, that's my understanding, yes. It is. And then yet here, they're attempting to revoke, absolutely revoke your license, destroy the business that you built, destroy your livelihood, destroy your investment and your passion over a rule that isn't even an official rule, but rather a promulgation by the Biden administration saying any dealer that didn't perform a NICS check, you move to revoke. And that's what happened to you, right? That's correct, they, yes. They did. And so after we pointed this out to them, because the process begins where you have an informal hearing at first. And prior to Biden's politicization of the issues to just try to close down and intimidate gun dealers, ATF would reasonably hold an informal hearing where most of the time you would just work things out, do whatever they needed if there was some adjustments needed, and you could continue to do your business and continue uh, with ATF in excellent relations, and that's normally how it went. But not this time, because there is this mandate placed upon the agency by Biden to move for revocation. So after we had that informal hearing where they could have simply resolved the matter, they said, no, we're going to go to a final hearing. And the final hearing is where we had to argue and present the case that was actually uh, you know, being recorded by ATF. And if we were unsuccessful at this next hearing, then the next step was going to the federal court on their attempt to revoke your license. 
when we come back from the break, we're going to get into that final hearing and how it went down and what the result was and why. For over 30 years, attorney Evan Knappen has seen what rotten laws do to good people. That's why he's dedicated his life to fighting for the rights of America's gun owners. A fearsome courtroom litigator fighting for rights, justice, and freedom. An unrelenting gun rights spokesman tearing away at anti-gun propaganda to expose the truth. Author of six best-selling books on gun rights, including Knappen on Gun Law, a bright orange gun law Bible that sits atop the desk of virtually every lawyer, police chief, firearms dealer, and savvy gun owner. That's what made Evan Knappen America's gun lawyer. Gun laws are designed to make you a criminal. Don't become the innocent victim of a vicious anti-gun legal system. This is the guy you want on your side. Keep his name and number in your wallet and hope you never have to use it. But if you live, work, or travel with a firearm, the deck is already stacked against you. You can find him on the web at evannappen.com or follow the link on the Gun Lawyer resource page. Evan Knappen, America's Gun Lawyer. You're listening to Gun Lawyer with attorney Evan Knappen. Available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I am a lawyer. I am a lawyer. Welcome back to Gun Lawyer. I'm Evan Knappen. And today in studio we have a special guest, Ira Levin of Legend Firearms. And we're talking about how together we were able to beat Biden at his uh, administrative attempts to destroy gun dealers throughout America. And this is a really interesting case because it ended up pulling in uh, the 1986 Gun Owners Protection Act provisions that we're going to talk about and other gun dealers who may be facing these same challenges can use the same law. I want to tell you that our sponsor, Association New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs, is a great organization and is at the forefront in New Jersey fighting for our rights. I've been a part of the association for many, many years, helping with litigation and legislative analysis. And I want to tell you, you need to be a member of your state organization. There's plenty of great gun groups out there. This is not to say to only belong to the association, but at a minimum, if you care about your gun rights, in New Jersey particularly, you need to belong to the Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs. Go to anjrpc.org and make sure you have your membership because when you're a member, they send out the email alerts so you know exactly what's going on. They have a full-time lobbyist, paid lobbyist in Trenton. We're on top of it you're able to make a difference and by following with the emails you can virtually instantly let your legislators know your position on these gun bills know the progress know the laws know what you can do to protect yourself if the laws are going to go through and uh, we're in a big fight jersey is the front lines in the battle for gun rights and the association is there for you so make sure you join so, Ira, uh, I uh, was really 
um, interested when we went to this uh, final hearing. I think they had about eight people there from ATF, I think it was. And uh, they have to make sure they have lots of folks to go against me, I guess. But it was interesting in their approach because they had themselves in the allegations against you claimed something that was utterly and completely untrue. And what they claimed that was so unbelievably untrue was that your violations were, quote, willful. Now, the reason they use the word willful is that is in the law as to what must be proven and and or demonstrated to have a revocation. And the willful standard was put into the law in the Gun Owners Protection Act because of the abuse that had taken place prior, prior. And that's why the pro-gun forces were able to get the standard to willful. And that willful standard meant you had to have intention or that you had a callous disregard for what you were doing. And, of course, none of that was true in your case. Exactly the opposite. You were incredibly diligent and responsive to ATF, and you, at every turn, simply want to obey the law and conduct your uh, business properly, pursuant to the license. And that is a fact. Yet they still made this outrageous allegation, frankly, defamatory in my view, to claim that you acted willfully. Tell us tell us about your relationship with ATF, Ira. Well, I mean, obviously when you first get into this industry or this business, you fill out your applications for your for your firearms license. The an inspector, which is the first time you meet one, will come out to look at the facility, introduce themselves, go over, you know, what's required. Uh, for each space. And every time you move, which I moved several times as my business grew, you had subsequent inspections in addition to the standard inspections that you're subject to um, annually by ATF. And my relationship with, and obviously I I won't use any of the inspector's names, um, have always been, you know, very good. I've always, I always seek to cooperate, um, you know, maybe more so than some other dealers uh, because, you know, it, it, it's as important to me as it is to them, I think, to prevent firearms from falling into the hands of people who should not have them. Um, when I was in the military, I swore an oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. And, uh, you know, I still take that oath very seriously. Um, I have friends who are firearms dealers in this in this state who took that same oath as police officers. And I know they take it very seriously. And... The inspectors know and the inspectors knew, and one even mentioned it in their testimony, that what I did, they believed, was not willful, which to me was a big win when you were questioning that particular inspector, and it was just question after question after question, and then you said, do you believe this was willful? And that inspector said, absolutely not. I almost fell off my chair. Um, Well, that's how you do cross-examination in the right way. We brought it on piece by piece and laid the foundation to demonstrate and have their testimony demonstrate that you did.
did not do any of this intentionally or with callous disregard. In fact, they even testified that it was the opposite until finally they were themselves in a box where they had to admit it wasn't willful. And if it's not willful, then it's not revocation, okay? And that is the law, and that's how to use the very that very factor that was placed into the law for just this reason, so that ATF could not do what they attempted to do to you because they had done it in the past, and that was purposely put into the law, and you could see how critical it was in making the difference. And uh, I am, and you testified and were excellent and how you explained everything about yourself and how passionate you are. And I know that that hit home as well. And that your relationship with ATF was so uh, cordial and so cooperative. Uh, didn't you mention something about them even bringing donuts? Or, what was that story? Well, how did that go? Well, yeah, I mean, during, during one of my inspections, well, Look, anytime I've ever had an inspection, you know, if I'm getting lunch or I'm doing something, I will always ask the inspectors, you know, hey, do you do you guys want anything? You need anything? Whatever. And, you know, now that I'm a, a bigger dealer, my inspections take a much longer period of time. And one of my inspectors was there on site for, you know, well over a week or two weeks. And you start to, you know, you talk to them. What do you do? You know, where you go? Vacations, this and that. You know, it's not an interrogation for two weeks. You know, they're looking through paperwork to make sure there's no errors. And this one particular inspector had happened to mention that they baked donuts. And I'm a fairly um, Zoftig guy. You know, I don't turn, <laughs> I, I won't turn down a donut. And I may have mentioned that. And, and so, you know, they did some baking over the weekend in between, you know, inspection periods and brought in some donuts. And they were great donuts, by the way. I mean, they were very good. But it's important, you know, this whole case, I think, is predicated not based on what inspectors found because the inspectors found some things. I worked with them to correct them. They issued me a letter saying, hey, here's what we found. We just want to let you know you can't do this in the future. Don't let it happen again. And I really believed that, that was the end of it. And then all of a sudden I get a letter of revocation months later. I mean, six months later. And I do believe that's predicated on on the Biden administration's direction to ATF. Because sitting in that room that you mentioned there were eight people, you know, four of those people had previously inspected me. And four of those people testified to me not having those errors or issues in previous inspections. And it was this one particular um, inspection where they discovered these issues. And I think that the person who, you know, was running the hearing, uh, again, I I want to mention his name because I think that would be unprofessional, um, uh, did not speak with those inspectors and say, hey, is this guy a guy who, you know, he's a problem, we got to get rid of this guy? Or is this guy a good guy and this is an error because, you know, occasionally human beings make mistakes because this can't be the only career field where zero mistakes are expected. There's no question ATF was professional. No question. They acted professional. I mean, through the hearing, they are professional. But you and I know that the timing of this and the purpose behind this and how this normally would have been handled was Biden's fingerprints all over it. And 
the good news is, as much as he tried to destroy you and other gun dealers with this mm-hmm. uh, this uh, uh, fiat that he decided to put out, it failed here, and it is great to actually see a system work. And of course, we raised other issues in your hearing that mm. raise the pot, raise the ante, if you will, because if they had tried anything, we were going to federal court and we were going to pursue even other legal issues raised, not not the least of which is whether a NICS check is even something they can require if you have a New Jersey handgun purchase permit. Because the New Jersey handgun purchase permit meets the standard in the law to get that Brady exemption, even though ATF has never certified it as having the Brady exemption. So these are things that all were on the table as well. And yet, uh, we were mm-hmm. super pleased when the letter came to you, and I know you had posted the letter, and I just want to read from a section of it so the listeners can see how this goes, where it says, on March 21st, 2022, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, Explosives issued a notice to revoke or suspend or impose a civil fine to your FFL, Racing Rails, LLC, DBA, Legend Firearms. Now notice, by the way, they could have not just revoked, which was the Biden mandate, but they also could have suspended and or imposed a civil fine. All those were options that they had. And then it said the notice alleged that you willfully violated rules and regulations prescribed, and then they list all the laws. And then the final sentence of that paragraph, after reviewing all testimony and evidence introduced at the hearing, I have determined not to issue a final notice of revocation in this matter. So it was a total victory, and it was just wonderful. When did you learn of the victory, Ira? Um. My, I was on a cruise in the Caribbean, and my daughter called me on FaceTime and said, Daddy, there's a letter here from ATF. You want me to read it? <laughs> and I said, uh, no, don't read it, because depending on what's in it, it could just destroy the last few days of this trip. And she said, listen, if, if I read it and there's something bad in it, I won't tell you. I said, well, if you don't tell me, then I know there's something bad in it. And I said, you know what? <laughs> I said, listen. If it's bad, Evan, Evan's going to represent me, and we're going to go to federal court anyways, so you might as well just tell me. And she said, okay, and she opened the letter, and, you know, I hear the rustling. And as you know, and a lot of you know from looking at the letter online, there's a lot of text before it gets to the good part, which is, you know, they're going to not revoke my license. So I kept saying, well, what does it say? What does it say? <laughs> and then and, – and I'm on FaceTime audio on a cruise in the Caribbean. I can't hear – and all I hear is, you know, fine, no, no, fine, no, fine, no, fine. I'm like, there's no fine. And she's like, there's no fine. There's no revocation. You won, you won, you won. And she was screaming. And <laughs> and and I said, okay, uh, I gotta go. I gotta text Evan. And um, <laughs> and that and that's where we are. You know, I didn't know you had already seen it and tried to email me. I didn't. I tried to email, email you, but yeah. you couldn't. You were out of contact, I guess. But that's great. No, as we were. Yeah just as excited on our side and we know that the right decision was made by them and that we were able to not just save you which makes me so happy but also to defeat the 
political nature of what this really was. And really, that's what it was. I, so, I think this, this sets an important precedent, which is using the term willful and having to prove willful. And, and I am certain, you know, there's probably someone out there who does stuff they should not be doing, and I get that. But when you put the word willful into it, you know, it's a game changer. And I, I think that's really what made the difference. They knew they had no case. They couldn't prove that what I did was willful. And I think it also sets a bad precedent because it's like trickle-down politics. Biden declares law on FFLs because he can't stop people from buying guns. So you get rid of the gun dealers. The state of New Jersey declares war on concealed carry because they lost that case with the Bruin case in New York. And now they've passed a bunch of laws that we're going to have to go fight. That's so right. AN, ANJRPC, they have their work cut out for them. You know, I'm sure that they've already got legislation in the pipeline, you know, ready to, to, to fire at, at, at that legislation. And it's just a shame that politicians on one side of the aisle versus the other side of the aisle will vote on legislation they know is bad. They willfully do it, knowing it's not constitutional in support you, of their You party. know, that's a great point, Ira. The real willfulness is on these anti-Second Amendment, anti-gun politicians. They're the ones that are willfully trying to destroy and take away our rights, our guns, and our freedoms. And that's a great point. And you're also right, ANJRPC will be immediately, I am 100% confident, filing to fight the carry law, the so-called, what's called carry killer bill that passed and any day now within nine days of the passage, uh, uh, Murphy's going to sign it. Probably by the time you hear this show, he will have signed it. And I'm sure that association will have made its move uh to uh, fight it in the courts, and we have a great weapon to fight it with, and that is a Bruin decision. And so make sure you belong to your state association so that you join in the fight with us. I'd like to thank uh, Ira for being on the show of Legend Firearms, and I just want to remind you that gun laws don't protect honest citizens from criminals. They protect criminals from honest citizens. Gun Lawyer is a Counterthink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. Reach us by emailing evan at gun.lawyer. The information and opinions in this broadcast do not constitute legal advice. Consult a licensed attorney in your state.